Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Aiden, who is uh, over in New Zealand. So Aiden, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. We, uh, we've been exchanging emails for a little while, and you sent a recent one saying that you'd made a pretty good, in, well, you'd hit a PB for your 100 freestyle after yep. going through the eight weeks of the eight week plus the freestyle course. And I think you're probably, you know, in the upper end of, in terms of speed with, um, compared to most of the people I tend to work with, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, it was a, a really good PB that you hit. And I thought there's probably a lot that people could take away from what you've done to make such a, a good improvement. So um, what's, uh, let's just start off with what, what was the goal that you had in mind? And then what did you hit with your hundred time? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, Prior to doing the eight weeks, um, I'd done the five-day catch um, challenge. I think it was that that you've got there, and that was good. And you know, so I, I understood some of the basics of what you were doing there. Um, I didn't have a time in mind. I'm a recreational swimmer uh, for the most part. Um, but um, so prior to coming into the eight-week challenge, I'd done. I think my best was one minute eighteen for hundred meters, and. Um, in one of the last sessions, or I think it was session one, week eight of the eight-week challenge, um, I hit a one twelve. Um, but that was after doing, you know, 30, 50-meter uh, sprints. So I think if I'd done it before that, you know, I would have had a bit more, a bit more stamina and been able to keep going. Um, so uh, I think in my own mind, I, I wanted to get under one minute 15. Um, and now I'm sort of like, I know I could do under one minute 10 um, if I didn't do it after a whole bunch of other tiring sets. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I was, I was absolutely stoked. It was a quite a big improvement, you know? And, and what was it over those eight, was there anything over those eight weeks that stood out to you that you maybe didn't know before and you introduced into your stroke? Um, it was really, you know, every sort of piece of the puzzle was sort of building on the last piece. So I can't really pinpoint one thing. Um, there were obvious parts where um you know i thought the power diamond was was really good um and obviously we spent a bit of time on that um i found you know stroke rate um really upping my stroke rate um and the final week there was um big they had a big impact as well i think i think everything it just sort of built on one another so starting with some of the basics and you know sort of building on that to gradually get faster and it wasn't like I was constantly sort of watching my speed each week in fact I, I really didn't do that at all I just noticed that gradually I was starting to get a better rhythm going um, and then you know right at the end sort of working on the rhythm with the kick I mean I think that was sort of the icing on the cake and with the power diamond was that before or you just hadn't considered that part of the stroke much I I was, I was already trying to use my arm like a paddle. Um, however, I don't know if I was going sort of deep enough and no one had ever taught me sort of the right uh, sort of shape there. So um, I may have been doing it a bit too far out to the side or, or something. So I didn't, I just didn't have um, the technical um, knowledge prior, basically. And if you're a new listener, if you this is into one of our podcasts, the, the Power Diamond is, it's a part of the freestyle stroke that, when the hand's passing underneath the shoulder, where we basically want the arm to create this half triangle if you're looking from, from in front of someone. So the elbow's pointing to the side, the finger 
coming down. It makes like a half triangle that's on the side. And if you had both arms there, it would look like a diamond shape. That's the, the power diamond we refer to. And most people tend to be too straight with their arm as they're going through that part. A lot of people, their hand is out really wide. And so you get that diamond shape. It's better in terms of using back and uh, shoulders better, the, the stronger muscles through the back and shoulders. And also that direction of force is more behind you instead of sometimes off to the side or, or coming underneath the body. So that's why we want to get that, that power diamond. And then the, the stroke rate, was that something you had thought about much as you'd swum or is it, it was a, a fairly new? It wasn't something that I, I'd thought about. Obviously, when I want to swim faster, I, I move my arms faster. Um, but it wasn't something that I ever really paid that much atten attention to in terms of um, counting it and, and monitoring monitoring it. So um, that's still something that I'm um, coming sort of coming to grips with and um, playing around with. Um, I'm looking forward to doing, you, you had a test there where you could find out, you know, your optimum uh, stroke rate by doing different series of, of 100 meters at different stroke rates. So that's um, actually what I'm going to do next time I'm in the pool. Uh, but I have been watching that over the past week. And um, when I did, I think when I did my, my last personal best, I was probably in the high 70s in terms of stroke rate. Um, but when I'm cruising, I found that I'm probably sort of maybe like high fifties. Yeah, that'd be about right. Like it's going to change with the different speed that you're going. And it's an important one to, to consider. And I don't talk a lot about it. Like most of the stuff I talk about is it's, it's technical things, but then once we've got that technique in place, stroke rate is the other, it's the other half of the stroke. It's uh, it's an important one to look at. And I had some me last week i think it was and they said i'm around two minutes 45 or two minutes 50 per 100 and one of the things i mentioned to them without seeing their stroke is i want to just check what your stroke rate is because all the time if someone's around that speed their stroke rate is probably in the mid to high 30s or really low 40s which is which is super slow and like it doesn't matter how good a swimmer you are you're gonna be quite limited with the speed you can achieve if you if you too low uh, obviously we don't want to start spinning the wheels and going too quickly either but yeah it's finding that sweet spot between the between the two and it's good to like how do you measure your how do you measure your stroke rate have you got a garmin so um i've, I've used i've swam with a, a garmin watch for um quite a few years now um but i treated myself to the the form goggles recently Yep. Um, so I swim with those now and I can see it sort of in real time. But prior to that, I'd, I'd used the Garmin watch and that was always pretty good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like the form goggles. I, I don't look at it. I've got a, I don't often see it at the time, but I do like to look back if I've done a, a set. And it's it's really interesting because before that, like my stroke, what it was, I was never really aware of it um, at the time. But I look back at a set, it was like two 400s. One was at a like 70%, one was at, no, one was at 80, one was at 90%. And I look back at the stroke rate and it was originally 61 for the first one and then 60 stroke rate for the second one. And and you can see that the distance per stroke shortened. I can't remember what so it was like 1.7 to 1.58 or something. But the overall time for that 90% one was quicker because that stroke rate was a little bit quicker and so it's just interesting to see the combination of the two and how that translates to to speed and it's it's really good just for 
building that awareness around what an impact the stroke rate can can have provided that you keep some sort of distance per stroke how do you feel in that in that fast hundred did you feel like you had a pretty good hold of the water still I felt like I was really moving um, and it was the fastest I'd sort of swam. So um, I, I felt like um, my arms were moving pretty fast. I was, you know, in the high 70s for my stroke rate, which is a lot higher than what I would normally do if I'm cruising. Mm. Um, but yeah, I felt good. I felt good. I felt like I was catching the water really well. So that's why I think it was a lot of these ingredients that you'd been talking about sort of building and, and coming together to sort of work in a cohesive manner. Whereas in the past, uh, maybe, you know, I wouldn't have been able to tie things together together quite so cohesively. It hasn't just been, you know, the one-off speed though, because I, I feel like that's almost, um, it doesn't always also sort of paint the whole picture. It's more about now, if I'm swimming and I'm just cruising, I'll always be doing less than a minute 30. Um, right. You know, that would be like a, a one minute 30 per hundred would be like a warm-up swim almost now. Whereas in the past, it probably would have, you know, one minute 30 would have been a, yeah, maybe decent swim. Um, so I think I think basically there's a lot of efficiencies that have have come into my swimming now. A quick note from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Form Swim Goggles. With these goggles, you don't have to look at the pace clock anymore, or be one of those swimmers in the pool always grabbing for their watch. With Form Smart Swim Goggles, you can see all of your key metrics while you're swimming: distance, pace, stroke rate. They've got it all. And the swim data is displayed on the goggle lens and you can customize the display to see the metrics that you want to. And I was worried that it was going to be distracting, but you can literally see through the display, the metrics are always there, but you have to choose to focus on them. It's really impressive. And it makes hitting intervals or any kind of specific training much more manageable and achievable. And the goggles track it all. It's automated. So from the time you start your session to the end of the swim, you don't have to press any buttons in between. It automatically tracks everything. Form also works with a bunch of the best pro athletes out there, including Lionel Sanders, Sarah Crowley, Hannah Wells, and Olympic champion Usama Maluli, to name a few. These form goggles are for all types of swimming too. One pair of goggles, and you can use them in the pool, the open water, you can use them in swim spas and endless pools too. So the same pair of goggles can be used in all of these different environments. The battery life is incredible too. One hour charge is 16 hours of swimming time battery life. And you can have the display on either your right or your left eye. The goggles themselves come with anti-fog solution that's used in dive masks, so it's great in terms of quality. And there's a protective case with a nifty drainage solution, so after you swim, you can store them safely. And while the goggles connect to the Form Swim app on your smartphone too, they will sync with the Form app, and there you can review all of the details of your swim, and you can see what other swimmers are up to in the Form Swim community as well. I'm a big fan of these goggles. I was really impressed when I used them, and I use them for a vast majority of the sessions that I'm currently doing. To find out more about the Form Swim goggles, go to formswim.com and you can use our coupon code EFFORTLESS at checkout and save $15 off your order. Back to the podcast. Is there a bit of a checklist that you end up going through when you are swimming? A bit of a technique checklist that you go through in your mind? Um, I don't really go through it. I don't think so. I, th I think I'm always just consciously thinking about um, all of the lessons really. So um, I don't, you know, that's something I could add in and just sort of work through it you know just thinking right back to the start as we're talking here one of the things that i used to do prior to coming through the program uh was i always used to breathe through my mouth in and out through my mouth so one of the first things i changed was breathing out through my nose and i felt like um that probably helped um you know control my my heart rate and keep 
you know, a bit calmer uh, in the water mm. as well. So lots of little things. Yeah. And it's funny, isn't it? There's just so much to think about and stuff like that can be pretty quickly. I think like the, you know, the, the breathing, I'd say like a week or two into it, most people can change that as a habit. It starts to become natural. And so then you can just keep adding one thing on top of another. And over time you get, you get quicker. And I like your approach too. Like it sounded as though you weren't, you weren't concerned about when the speed would come. You just follow the program and then eventually the this, this speed came and I think over the course of eight weeks, like it's a good time frame to be able to make some things pretty close to permanent and it's enough time to see a, see a difference. And with the five day catch challenge, we've had so many people make improvements in the five days, but to make it stick and to make it permanent, it's going to take longer than those five days. So that's why I think the eight week good time frame there. I think it was actually quite good for me um, that I did the, f- the five days first. That was sort of how I found out about it all. Um, so then when I came to do the eight days, it gave me like an in-depth. So the five days was giving me like a 10,000 foot viewpoint of, you know, these are some of the key points of the stroke. But when I got into the week by week, eight week, I could really dive deeper and I really enjoyed that. And I had time to practice them and sort of build build those, those habits in. So um, I think that was quite good. And are you training with a squad or you, you go? No, I've just been training on my own um, uh, for the past year. Prior to that, um, when I lived uh, in Argentina, um, I was training with, with a team, um, mainly triathletes. Um, but here I've just been training twice a week on my own. And I think that's been another reason why it's been good just to have a, a plan served up to me and I can just go and be a good student and, and follow the drills. Yeah, that's great. I was chatting to someone on the phone this week and he was basically saying, look, I've got, it's, haven't got any, uh, anything on for like another six months in terms of racing. And so like, I just want something to, I don't want to have to think cause I've got, a, I've got a lot of other stuff on. I just want to be able to go to the pool and follow like a, a warm up and workout. And then I, yeah. And then I, that's it, you know, and that's what I, that's why I put those main sets in there and, the suggested warm up and stuff. So you can basically like watch the video and then have to think too much about what you're going to do because it's all there. And I mean, I'm the same. I like to be told what to do sometimes. It's like, just, yeah, leave the, um, the, the thought out of it. The only thing you need to think of is technical things. Yeah. And I was going through it at two sessions a week. So it actually took me longer than eight weeks. Um, so, you know, I would just, if, yeah, two sessions one week, two sessions the next and, you know, the, each week had three sessions, so it just maybe it ended up taking me eleven or twelve weeks, but that was that was fine. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's uh, here, and so from here you, you feel like ten is uh, is a possibility now. And, and where do you feel like yeah. you could? Find I know it's that a I know it's a possibility because when I did my one twelve, I just ran out of gas, and um, <laughs> using my goggles and my watch, it tells me the time on each length. So each progressive length length was literally one second slower so my second length of four <laughs> was one second slower my third length was another second slower and my fourth length was i think another second slower and it was just because i'd done 30 sets of 50 prior to that and yeah. um, tried to maintain a decent tempo for those so i was already at the end of a long workout so i'm pretty confident that if i hadn't done all of that prior that i would be able to do 110 um and for me i mean it, I mean, that's, that's just seems, sounds crazy. It still sounds crazy. Um, it's bit, I think the crazy thing for me is it's not that I've just started swimming. I have been swimming for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years or something. But 
I've just been through your program and seen quite a dramatic gain. It's like I had sort of plateaued prior to, to doing your training. And then having gone through your training, I sort of blasted through it. Now maybe I'm approaching a new plateau and mm. it just, it's just, uh, you know, quite satisfying to hit, hit some new numbers. Yeah, definitely. That's why I think swimming's so good because you've got that. It's not like maybe gymnastics or like surfing or something where it's more um, uh, subjective. Swimming's like, this is the time you're doing or these are the, the times that you're holding and you know whether or not you're getting getting quicker. Uh, so that's why yeah, I think it's, and it's good to be able to see the, the data to back up um, feeling better in the water, which is, uh, which is really nice. Yeah, I also like that, um, you know, for me, it was about, um, you know, I'm not going to break any world records or anything, but I'm still being able to say, oh, well, you know, I've improved 10%. Um, yeah. And I think that anyone swimming in the pool can say the same thing. It doesn't matter what, you know, what, what speed you're going, uh, but you can see, well, you know, you can, I think the efficiencies were really amazing. Like you said, I think it was when we were talking about the Serape um, effect, you know, that's something that might make you sort of 1% or 2% faster kind of a thing. And, you know, that that's that's great because that's a second for me, you know, over almost or a couple of, you know, it could be a couple of seconds even over um, 100 meters. So those little efficiencies building on one another and swimming faster with you know, less energy being used, it feels good. And what do you, what do you enjoy most about swimming? What do you really sort of get a kick out of? What, what keeps you coming back? Um, I think for me, it's almost like a, I get into a very sort of, almost sort of meditative state. It's, um keeps me sane. Um, it's a good break from, um, you know, office work and you know, family life and, and so forth. Uh, and I don't get injured. Um, I used to do quite a bit of running and started getting sore knees. Um, and at the moment, I can't actually run very much with my knees, but um, I can swim and I don't get injured. Um, anytime I go on you know, holiday or vacation, um, if I'm around water, I'll be straight out into the water. Uh, so I just think it's really good. It's just, I think that, I think I just like everything about it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you there. And if you, if someone's listening and they, uh, feel like they are injured because of swimming it's worthwhile filming yourself because the amount of people who have come to clinics and they've had a niggle in their shoulder it's, it's so often it's caused by technique there certainly can be other things like for me personally i once had a sore shoulder for a couple of weeks because of how i was sitting at my computer on my laptop like it was just the way my shoulder was i had I think it was like my, my lower trap or rhomboid, I think it was. It wasn't because of how I was at the computer, but there's a lot of times where it's technical. So it's worth getting that filmed and um, having someone just to look at. But it's so, that's the thing about swimming, isn't it? It's just so great to be able to, um, to be able to just, yeah, you can do it for forever. And I've had people contact me in their like 70s, some in their, I think, 80s as well, saying, look, I'm, go I'm going through the catch challenge or going through the eight-week course and, will this be relevant to me? And it's like, how good is that? Like when you're 17, 80, you can still be swimming. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I see, um, you know, older people in the, the pool all the time. I'm like, well, you know, I hope I'm, I hope I'm still able to swim like, like you when I'm, I'm that age and stuff. But um, yeah, I have never been injured from swimming. I've been injured from lots of other things, but swimming seems to be the one thing that hasn't injured me. So such mm -hmm. would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, um, thanks so much for being on the on the podcast. How you made such a, a good improvement over the last couple of months, and um, yeah, wish you all the best. I can't wait to hear once you get under that one ten. And yeah, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. That's oh, no, been fantastic, and um, I love the love the program, and I'm looking forward to working through uh, more of the programs in there and um, getting my uh, stroke analysed and stuff as well. I know you do that, so um, I think that would be hugely beneficial for me at this stage, just to you know maybe uh, improve a little bit more. So awesome. Thanks. Yeah, all that improvement without having any video in done is um, is great. So there's certainly some other things that'll be there once we uh, do some video. So yeah, looking forward cool. to it. Thanks, Aiden. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.